0: July 1986, U.S. Army's Fort Sam Houston, San Antonio, Texas. A sergeant is calling out names and destinations, and I'm about to find out where I'm going to spend the next three years of my life in the United States Army. When he gets to my name, for the first time, he stops, raises his eyes like he's surprised, and then looks right at me. Diaz, Fort Ord, California. And then he says these words exactly. That is some straight-leg infantry up there, boy. You're going to be doing some serious soldiering, and they're going to break your skinny ass in half. Welcome to Life Fighters, the last foot soldiers of the Cold War. My name is Jason Dias. In the late 1980s, a group of young men who grew up without computers, cell phones, and social media will help end the Cold War. This is not based on a true story, this is a true story. Well, some of you remember me as Doc Dias. I am a U.S. Army and Desert Storm veteran, but before Desert Storm, from 1986 to 1989, I served with the 7th Infantry Division, the Light Infantry Division at Fort Ord, California, as part of the 4th Battalion, 21st Infantry. On this first episode, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the world was like in 1986, which seems like a long time ago, and what you can expect when you tune into this podcast. Last year, from August of 2020 to March of this year, I did a podcast called Thunder and Lightning, Operation Desert Storm, to commemorate 30 years since I was recalled to active duty to serve in that war. The last war America definitively won. During the time I was podcasting Thunder and Lightning, the Desert Storm podcast, a fellow light fighter combat medic named Frank Mew, who also served Fort Ord with us and me, suggested I do a show on the Fort Ord years. So, if you enjoy the podcast, I would like all the credit. But if you don't, you can blame Frank. The late 1980s are a time of tremendous transformation both in the United States and on the world stage and within the United States military. Since the end of World War II, two global superpowers have been vying for supremacy of the planet, the Soviet Union and the United States. It's called the Cold War. However, during that time the wars in Korea, Missiles in Cuba and a long, costly, protracted war in Vietnam have been the hot points of the Cold War. But by the late 1980s, the American president, Ronald Reagan, who was in his second term and on the strength of his re-election in 1984, where he won 49 of 50 states, he is keeping his word to the American people and our enemies that we will achieve peace through strength, that we will end the Cold War. And if that doesn't work, we will fight you too. The Russians have been in a costly and hopeless conflict in Afghanistan, sound familiar? And have been reduced somewhat in prestige and the ability to protract power to every corner of the globe. But that has not stopped the Russians from trying to set up communist governments, especially here in the Western Hemisphere. By the late 1980s, the last flashpoint of the Cold War will be in Central America the Pentagon needs a well-trained, quick reaction force to respond to any military situation, any military needs in Central America. Well, the jungles of Central America, as had been the case in Vietnam, are not suited to heavy tanks and armor. Air power, though much improved since Vietnam, is still not ideal in an era just before GPS and laser-guided munitions. If there is a problem on the ground in Central America or anywhere in the world for that matter. The 7th Infantry Division has been designed to have the first elements of the division on the ground ready to fight anywhere in the world in 18 hours. The Light Infantry, which is one of the greatest misnomers in the history of human language, operates in low to mid intensity combat operations. Light Infantry does not have tanks or vehicles We walk to where the enemy is and kill them. As I mentioned, there is nothing light about light infantry, which is why the sergeant made that crack about me. Imagine taking everything you need to survive for 20 days and putting it on your back while you walk. For the light infantry soldier, that cargo will also include weapons, ammo, medical supplies, mortar tubes, base plates, and tripods. And that's just the start. This division, the 7th Infantry Division, is not for the weak of mind and body. The 7th Infantry Division, the Light Infantry Division, is a tactical response to a global and strategic necessity. And in the years since Vietnam, the Army has learned some lessons. Among them is that one year, that one-year tour of duty in Vietnam had been a mistake. Like any team, an army company or platoon gets better with time and training. Therefore, the army has come up with something new called the cohort battalion. Cohort, and the army has acronyms for everything, is for cohesion, operational readiness, and training. But it's taken from the Latin word cohortis to describe approximately 400 Roman soldiers and how they are aligned for battle. The cohort battalion will be unique in the American Army in the late 1980s. An entire battalion, 400 infantry soldiers, will go to basic training, advanced individual training, and onto their permanent duty station as one group. This shared journey from civilian to soldier will create some very close friendships, and all of them strengthened by the toughest training in the United States Army at Fort Benning. Fort Ord, Fort Hunter-Liggett, Panama, the National Training Center, Panama again, Death Valley, California, and Australia. I graduated from the University of Texas at San Antonio with a degree in American history in 1993. I've had a successful career as a banking professional, a professional speaker, and on my own, owning the company Eloquent Online online where I provide branded podcasts and training podcasts for banking brands all over the United States. But I have never worked with more professional people than the young men I served with at Fort Ord. As a combat medic, I'm assigned to headquarters, headquarters company of the 4th Battalion, 21st Infantry. But when we deploy, when we go to the field or overseas, and I checked, by the way, right before I left Fort Ord, We spent more time in the field and on deployments than we ever did in garrison at Fort Ord. So when we go to the field, which is often, I am the combat medic, the doc for 2nd Platoon, Alpha Company. These are going to be the men, the young men I will never forget. We will go everywhere together, experience everything together all over the world. And you can think, well, anybody can do a podcast like this. Aren't all light infantry companies the same? No, they're not. Our company commander at the time, who was a captain, is still in the Army 35 years later and is now a four-star general. None of us who served with Captain and now Lieutenant General Stephen, Stephen P.H., Stephen Townsend, are surprised. He will lead us everywhere. So this podcast is not just for veterans. It will be about history, innovation, innovation training, social science, teamwork, geography, and, of course, leadership. It will have applications to any business today, and you will learn more about leadership and teamwork on this podcast than from some geeky dude on LinkedIn wearing glasses. As of this moment, I do not know how many episodes this will be or how frequently I will post them, but it will be fairly regular I've contacted some of you that I served with at Fort Ord, and you've agreed to join me as guests. So there will be some interviews with people many of you will remember. With the exception of that word I used in the setup, the intro, what the sergeant said to me, there will be no profanity on this show. My mom will be listening. But since we are talking about training to kill people, if I had to put a rating on it, if you're you know, listening to this, I would say it would be a PG-13. And the reason I say that is if only those of you that served with me listened to the podcast, that would be enough for me. But I hope, I really hope, you will share this story and this podcast with your family's friends and loved ones. Ours is a story, a true story, that has never really been told. Fort Ord does not exist anymore. But my memories of those days, what the Greeks called the Halcyon days, are intact And in my memory, and that's how I will be doing the podcast, from memory. And I will be relying on my fellow light fighters to correct any errors in dates or locations. And because we'll be talking about the things that we did when we traveled, if your families are listening, like I said, there won't be any profanity. But look, we were all very young, and we'll talk about things that young men do. I will also be featuring music that will remind you all of those days. My name is Jason Dias, but I was born John Mendez in Austin, Texas, in 1967 to two 18-year-old high school seniors who apparently did not stop at Walgreens before their date. With abortion being illegal, though not unattainable, I was placed for adoption with social service in Travis County. My mother and father Two wonderful Anglo Vatican II Roman Catholics from Fall River, Massachusetts had already adopted one little Latin baby and then they adopted me in 1968 and would eventually adopt one more, my baby sister Elizabeth, and then against all odds and medical claims, my mom would give birth to my baby sister Rachel on Christmas Day in 1974. My father, who had been sent to Texas with the United States Air Force, will settle near San Antonio, Texas, almost on an exact midpoint between Randolph Air Force Base and the U.S. Army's Fort Sam Houston. That opening scene where I'm told that I'm going to Fort Ord actually takes place at a building at Fort Sam that I've been able to see from my bedroom window my entire life. There was never any doubt that the trajectory of my life was going to be impacted somehow by the military. On the next episode, and this episode will probably be the shortest one since it's the first one, on the next episode, I will talk about how a skinny guy from an Air Force family ends up in the United States Army's elite light infantry and joining the Army as I did on March 5, 1986. You don't want to miss how I ended up in the Army because it's not what you think. But most of all, this podcast will be about my experience at Fort Ord and the men I served with because you all exceeded my expectations in every way, both the men I served with and the experience itself. The high profile nature of our division means we are getting all the newest equipment in the late 1980s. During my time at Fort Ward, steel pots become Kevlar, old Jeeps become Humvees, old wool jackets become Gore-Tex. It is a time of tremendous change, transformation and improvement in the United States Army. So gather around. Bring some heat tabs, your canteen cup, and some coffee and sugar packets. Open up those crackers and peanut butter you saved from your MRE, but don't look for M&Ms. They haven't added those yet. Take a knee, do a rucksack flop, lean in, and listen. We're going to cover a lot of information on this podcast because this is a great and true story that has never been told. It is the story about all of us, light fighters, the last foot soldiers of the Cold War. So until next episode, send the new guy for a box of grid squares, and the rest of you, no slack, cold steel, bushmasters and night fighters, ruck up. We got buku clicks to cover.